0: So normally I like to make a PSA when significant events uh, in which if you forget them, you will be fucked uh, for a certain period of time. But it's, it's the one time of the year where at least the fathers among us get less fucked. <laughs> and, and, and by that, I mean it is incumbent on us as the receivers of this appreciation to tell people what it is we would like. Whether it's a physical item or an experience <laughs> or a thing. So I ask you two, you both are uh, fathers. last I checked. Uh, like, what uh, was what, what it that you desire on Father's Day? And what, what ends up happening that actually makes you happy?
1: Uh, w- when's Father's Day?
0: <laughs> I believe it's June 19th. Okay. Which I only know because I'm flying to Poland that day.
1: Ah, uh, the, the uh, I need some time in another continent gift.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the most cherished Father's Day gift, a trip to metal balls. tube with the long pigs. That's what you want. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's that as a testament to your point. Uh, I mean, it's not like I wouldn't have booked on this, but I didn't even realize that was Father's Day when I uh, booked it, but, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, there, there's the, the constant tension of like, well, you want to be the, the, the good father and, and do something with your family. Uh And then you're also like, well, but what I'd really like is just to go off and, you know, have some quiet time. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. You 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 want to be like
1: like, uh, a family versus personal.
0: You want to, you want to be more like the dad in uh, six feet under, get yourself like a secret back room somewhere and just take a bunch of acid. Right. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) Um,
1: uh, uh, Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah. I think, you know, my take on this is uh, the gift, right, is the key thing. Because like as a father, when you're getting gifts from your family, um, most fathers, at least myself, like what you really want them to do is not spend money, right? Because that's what, mm. that's always. Oh, right. Bad. I forget this is one but, of the principles. But you can't do that. That's bad. Like I've learned that every time. So what I tried to do is I pick something that I think I would really never buy myself, but I kind of want. Mm-hmm. But I just feel yeah. it's frivolous. And then I also kind of make sure it's like relatively cheap. And then I make it known that like, right. Hey, I would like this thing. And, uh, and this year's, uh, thing that I've requested is called the buff. It's this ridiculous like neck wear thing that you have kind of like a neck gaiter that can become like something you can use for like snow skiing or to block out the sun. Uh-huh. And it has this crazy commercial.
0: It's kind of, it's, it's, it's probably like, a Northern version of that thing. Kevin in bloodline wears all. Yeah, that.
2: exactly. Exactly. Right. But you can wear it, like if you're out on the boat or you're, because being in the sun in the summer. So it's totally ridiculous and not really practical, probably won't use it. But I was like, You know, we're going to Mexico on vacation a couple weeks. I was like, yeah, maybe I would do that. So that is what I've asked for. Uh, Wow, that is a a great selection for your criteria. That's, uh, yeah, so it's just ridiculous. It's kind of not, no real point, but I want it. It's
1: a hat? I I, I don't watch blood. It's it's like a...
2: You can't. It's it's one of these products. You can't label it, Matt. It's it's a it's a thing that does everything. But I think it would be sold as like a, a net gator that can be built into like a million different things. Don't it's worry, a, um, uh, we will put this in like, the show notes. Everyone yeah. will get a chance to like so, see so, on, one. If, if, like, if you took a
0: Celtic torque, which is made out of metal, I think that's how you pronounce it. Although who knows? That does not sound. And then and then, and then you cross bad. that with a scarf. It's a circular thing that's like sewn together,
2: right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that part is right. I don't know about the steel. There's this is cloth. There's no metal. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I am I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I might be more confused than before you started talking. <laughs> all
2: right. Matt Ray, I'm putting I'm giving you the link all now right. and all the listeners can go check out. It's buffusa.com. I uh, found because I, I I mean, right mean. I mean,
1: when like, you
2: search on buff and Google, you, you get no, a lot of weird stuff. Don't do that. Bad, just I just did search that search by accident. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, I, now, now I, you're
0: gonna have to go meet with your manager about your yeah. internet browsing history. <laughs> yeah,
2: I will say, just read, a, a fellow, uh, a friend of the podcast did, does have one, uh, and uh, he, they recommended it. So I'm like, I'm gonna do it. Oh, doing it. Man. Plus, too, I feel like it's it's the ultimate dad wear, right? Like, I mean, just you gotta embrace the dad moment. Like, you're getting older. Be like, I'm gonna start getting this crazy stuff that dads wear. It's like, why not? I'm there. This is my demographic. I'm just gonna go for it.
0: Oh yeah, that is exactly like Kevin's thing, except like sporty. Look at mm-hmm. that! Wow, yeah. and look at this weird wow. bearded guy.
2: Look at like, the the that. site is remarkable because it's just this weird Net Gator thing, but it has all this like very aspirational things you can do in life, like climb mountains, snow ski, be on the boat, and you're yeah, like, and like check out this. you're like, it's just a piece of cloth. But like, I do like the market. Yeah. I, <laughs> I enjoy the market
1: as well. It, it's a hat for watching TV. <laughs> all right, you
2: just—they don't have that. They have you in the mountains. They have you outdoors. All right, all right. So I, I've now
1: seen the buff. Um, I don't think I'm going to ask for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, my work here's <laughs> well, here is
0: done. Well, here's 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 what I like doing. I like asking for a uh, a Brandon style gift. And and then an expensive one and seeing what happens. <laughs> so I uh I, I let I, I, I asked for one of those Tortuga backpacks, but oh, there hasn't been enough yeah. follow-up to indicate that keywords have been looked up to search for it effectively. Although we'll we'll see. And then and then I was also asking for a uh, one of those Aeropress coffee things, which I always thought was some fussy hipster thing, which I guess it, it is, but uh like I saw we, we were over at a friend's house and they just made like two cups of coffee in like, like five minutes it was awesome. And then, and then here, here's the tactic that Kim, my wife plays with gift giving is I, th- this is my theory of which over I've been with her a long time is I tell her gifts I want. And then she immediately, in a couple days later, tells me why those are bad choices for a gift. It's kind of like chaff she should throws at me. And then she usually ends up buying me the, the gifts so we'll see what happens. All right then. But you know, like, like yourself, Matt Ray, I struggle with the—is uh, it appropriate to ask for some uh, some time alone? I, I don't know. It's it's. I feel I feel like maybe it's it would be if if it, it's a difference between Daddy's Day and Father's Day. Right? Right? Like yeah. When, uh, when are you gonna? Uh,
1: difficult. Is, is this Father's Day or Cote's Day? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, we need to have. I, I'm sure the. Uh, I think. oh, I think the single and childless people out there are always uh, clamoring for their own parade. So we need to have individual day, just Ooh. a day dedicated to the individual. We can go sit and read some Sartre, Camus, <laughs> Kierkegaard, if that's your thing, you know, and just kind of sort out what's going on with yourself. Right. Just connect. Right. And it, it's not your traditional gift. Yeah. The traditional gift is a little block of wax that you can start contemplating. And it just goes from there.
1: I think the traditional gift should be a, a smooth stone to hold in your hand.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. Well, you know, you were uh, uh, is it, speaking of smooth stones. I don't know. Oh, but, nice segue. Hey, whoa. I don't know so where we're going, it,
1: but nice segue. How is
0: how is the Mesoscon keynote last last we talked or last week, Matt Ray? We didn't really talk about it very much, oh, yeah, but I yeah. see that you have had some time to reflect with your smooth stone, and uh, you've come up with some some items. What's you what's know, your take? Can um, you start by explaining what Mesos... Uh,
1: is it Mesosphere? No, Mesos... What's Mesosphere's it? the company. Yeah, yeah, that's Mesos right. Mezos is the scheduler. Uh-huh. And DCOS well, is, the, is the commercial product that... that has- is, first of all, I know Brandon and I are very
0: excited about this because we have always wanted to fix scheduling. I mean, have you ever tried to schedule a meeting with multiple people across <laughs> companies? It is very difficult. So I celebrate this company. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh they're 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 the like the spanning sink of the enterprise. Um <laughs> and it only took what 112 million in BC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's about the wow. bar. <laughs> um um yeah, so uh uh, mesoscon was good i mean it was it was uh kind of a, a developer you know doer kind of conference um you know put on by the linux foundation so it wasn't it wasn't strictly you know a a commercial conference um so a lot of the a lot of the sessions were very uh, in-depth um you know let's talk about you know uh container formats and that kind of stuff um and uh you know there's definitely some working sessions in there but uh it was it was maybe 250 300 people and uh, a lot of uh a lot of people running you know fairly large infrastructures you know your apples mm-hmm. and twitters and the like and uh you know the developers who work on the code so um not 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 a big you know showy showy conference but uh and and the keynotes were fairly fairly technical and um, you know things that uh, you know. I wasn't particularly excited about some of them, but other people who were like, you know, yeah, you know, he's talking about uh, high performance file systems, and I'm like, mm. right, yeah, uh, save it for the not the keynote. But um, anyway, <laughs> my <laughs> um,
2: no to planners. That's a breakout session. That's not. <laughs> yeah. That's not a keynote.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh. But it was. It was. It was. So
2: it were was, the DCS or the whatever the. Data center operating system was it represented there or was oh, it? Yeah, like, yeah. Who, put the, who put the conference on? Was it the? So
1: company? the Linux. Yeah. Who
2: whose booth had it fancy
0: covered thick carpet underneath it? That's oh, what we. Need
2: yeah, with, so, so. with the appropriate padding. That's that's the nice. The when you pay for the padding on your booth, you are big time.
1: Yeah, oh, this is this is this is sub uh, sub that scale. So there mm-hmm. were fifteen booths, um, and it was at you know, kind of the, the second floor of a hotel that kind of okay so there were uh you know three three track th- three afternoon tracks morning keynotes um not you know not huge but uh and, and the booths you know mesos uh mesosphere had um the biggest booth cuz you know they're kind of the the commercial company that's most in in the space and then you know the various players in the space uh you know rancher um uh, DataDog, DigitalOcean, you know, Intel, you know, people who are kind of in the space, but you know, not, um, not Docker, uh, you know, they they weren't there. But uh, so what was.
2: is the current state then of the relationship between Docker and Mesosphere? Like, are is it like, are they competing? Is it yeah? It,
1: it's definitely what, what's going on there. The, the battle lines are being drawn. Um, you've got you know, you've got the Kubernetes versus Docker versus Mesosphere, and that's. That's kind of the three major camps in this space. Um, And, you know, of course, there's blurry lines in the fact that they, you know, everybody supports Docker. Um, They might not say, you know, you should use it, but that's what people use. Um, So that's, you know, the de facto standard across all three, even though you've got your, you know, your rocket, your uh, Mesos container format, that kind of stuff. Um, And then, They kind of target slightly different audiences, but really, eventually, they're going to expand to cover each other's spaces. Um,
2: So, So, like, should we call this like the war of container scheduling, or like we need to come up with some phrase? Like, this this that's basically the scheduling is what they're all competing around, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the container thing is settled. Everybody's cool with Docker and.
1: And they, they have a standard, you know the the. There's standard. a standard,
2: so you could write your own if you so inclined. But so now it's just like who's going to own the scheduling of all these containers?
1: Yeah, and okay. and and so you know you've got, uh, um, you know the the Docker folks, uh, early this year hired up um, this they bought the startup that was writing this uh, the Aurora scheduler for Mesos, and so a lot of those guys are working on Docker Swarm now, um, so that kind of killed off that. Because you know, Swarm is is the scheduler of Docker. Is that the is that the? Yeah. I, okay. I'm sure there's a di- yeah. I mean it's it's that you know the thing that manages you know ten thousand nodes. You know, okay. If you have ten thousand container. If you have ten thousand applications to run across you know this how how what what is the thing that manages that? And so it's you know Swarm versus Kubernetes versus Mesos. Okay, so it's basically, does this break down that's Google versus Docker versus Mesosphere? Like,
2: it's a three-horse race. They're all three of the leaders, and yeah. it'll just be who and who wins wins the hearts and minds of the developer.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And, and you have uh, you know Microsoft and HPE uh, both kicked in on on uh, Mesosphere's last round of funding. Um, and so you know, there's there's you know that's kind of. That little camp is, you know, you could tell that they're involved. Um, Amazon hasn't weighed in on any of them. And so they've got the, uh, you know, uh, ECE, the, um, you know, elastic compute, uh, elastic container. As
0: as always, Amazon's like, sorry, busy making money, bro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and, And you don't hear, I mean, maybe I'm talking to, you know, the wrong... Uh, echo chamber, but I haven't heard a lot of people using ECE yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, with, like in yeah.
2: November at AWS uh, or what is that thing? And what is that? Re-invent. Yeah, re-invent. yeah, reinvent. So will Amazon just walk out and be like, "Oh, and we just built our own scheduling system called blah," and like this is what everyone should use? I don't know. Yeah,
1: you know, I, right. I, 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 I'm not privy to uh, Amazon. I, I didn't get the memo. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like history would show they tend to do this right you yeah there, they. they
2: it's like whoa we built all this other stuff that you um that you guys should use
1: i mean t- yeah totally amazon could just say well we're going to be the fourth horse in this race um and have something that is kind of compatible because you mm-hmm. know docker docker is kind of the stand you know docker is is pushing themselves as the standard and so they're getting Picked up on on Azure, for example, you can use uh, Docker Swarm or Mesos uh, for, through the uh, Azure Container Service. I think, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think Amazon. I, I, you know, maybe. What does
2: Amazon do internally? Because that's usually the path to figure this out. Like Google, obviously, has been doing this for a long time, right? They've written yeah. all the stuff, so they have a really strong vested interest. Like, what are the Amazon people using for container scheduling today? Are they? I don't know. It as like. Twitter and no, nah, I mean a-
1: Amazon is notoriously tight-lipped about how they do things. So uh, you know, I know. I mean, even former Amazon people won't talk, or you know, they don't. Talk. Okay. So I, I don't know. um
2: Alrighty. Well, you know, if someone wants to tell us, <laughs> so,
1: <you> know, <laughs> yeah, like
2: somebody wants to, like you know, just send me a DM, let me know. We'll uh, tell the world.
1: Uh, our lips are sealed.
2: Um, yeah, Not mine.
1: Always... I'm fine with it. I'm good. It. <laughs> I don't. So, I don't care. Yeah, so so you know, Mesos, uh the the keynotes they yeah you know, they trotted a couple of uh, large deployments out, uh, your uh, Time Warner, and uh, I don't remember the others, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of, like you know people running a thousand hosts with you know ten thousand containers on top of them, that kind of services. Because isn't
2: Twitter like the biggest? I can't remember is Twitter
1: uses this, right? Yeah, Aren't yeah, so, the because so, like,
2: they have like the crazy numbers, right?
1: Yeah, so the the Twitter uh the Twitter CTO or VP of engineering, whatever you know, his title is, um, Chris uh that's in the show notes. Um Chris Pinkham. Yeah, who was Pickham. he was one of the architects of EC two. Um so you know, South African, you know, when they went out to South Africa and kicked that stuff out, Chris was uh Chris and Chris Brown and uh I'm sure there's other people who I don't know their names. Um, You know, they went down to South Africa on the Skunkworks project for Amazon, came back with EC2. um, And then uh, Chris Pinkham went and started Nimbula. Um, Yeah. Nimbula, uh, which had the, uh, the uh, unfortunate timing of, of, you know, becoming a private cloud product, the week OpenStack launched Um, and Oracle eventually bought them. And I I didn't know he'd headed over to Twitter, but now he's, he's running engineering over there. So he, uh, he, he, you know, he gave the talk and he's like, you know, maybe you guys have heard of Twitter. Uh, we're kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we manage over a million cores and you know, do a lot of open source and talked about, you know, the, uh, sort of traffic they do with, you know, like the, the Academy Awards, they'll do like 400,000 tweets a second. Um, which is, you know, that's that's crazy impressive. Um but they said they're running about a thirty thousand host um Mesos deployment and he's pretty sure they're the largest Mesos deployment. Uh so that's the kind of scale. Um said so, you know, they do uh you know, um, over a hundred million containers a day uh lots of short-lived processes. Um but what was interesting about his talk is he 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 uh I mean you know the scale of Mesos that's that's impressive. Um you know there are definitely there are definitely other folks running you know ten thousand ten thousand node mesos deployments. Um Apple is you know the Siri stuff runs on top of that. Um you know there there are there were a lot of of, of big examples and use cases. Uh you know, kind of the question I would have is, who's paying Mesosphere um, versus who's you know supporting themselves? Uh, that's you know, there that, that there's definitely some tension in their their community there about like, well, we could pay you know we could pay Mesosphere um, a lot to support us, or we could just go hire some engineers to write more open source code and do it themselves. So the classic tension um, of opens of commercial open source. But uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Have they come out with like a pro version yet? Well, they try. Like, right? Gold,
1: medium. It's like
2: cause that's always the first thing you have to just uh, fail at and yeah. completely, like, uh, and get everyone really mad. And then like two years later, you can start like an, another idea of strategy.
1: Right. So so Mesosphere, when they launched DCOS, it was commercial. Um, they were like, you know, there's there's some Apache in there, but uh, you know, we're making improvements, but we've got this this open core thing, and Ah, oh, good old open core. Yeah, feeling, been feeling, feeling. All into open core. The yeah. open core bar. <laughs> it's nice
2: when you go in, but like, it's just so bad when you leave. Yeah,
1: so, so feeling pressure from their community and the you know, like as far as I know, like everything around Kubernetes is open source. And so, feeling kind of the open source pressure, uh, they launched dcos.io Dot and open sourced more of it. And there's still some, you know, hey, this is ah, commercial.
2: Can't quite get rid of that open source yeah. stuff. Can't yeah, quite so, do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I talked with, uh, I talked with some folks who were, you know, they were in the sales cycle with Mesosphere. They'd done some training, and they were like, well, it's kind, you know, we we in the training, they were cagey about what was commercial and what was open source, and that was something that you know we didn't really care for. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I
0: imagine there's 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 some good investor pitches you can do where you're like, look at all these impressive numbers, and they'll say, yes, but what's your differentiation? They'll be like, all right, I'm gonna give you the afternoon to have your people install it, and I'll come <laughs> back tomorrow. <morning.">
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, to be fair, like I, I did a cookbook with Mesosphere for DCOS, and. You know they've simplified their installation. You just stand up this massive Docker container, and so the install is pretty simple. Um, I think some of the uh, you know the multi AZHA stuff or you know Mm -hmm. multi AZ stuff is commercial. Um, I'm sure there's UI and BI things that are commercial. They've got some uh, you know they they announced partnerships with uh, with the CloudBees, so there's some. Commercial CI/CD stuff going on, um, you know. It's, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm working with them, so I, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I like, I like the folks I'm working with, but I, there's clearly, I'd be nervous about Google as, as my competitor, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the, uh,
0: the, the go-to market as the uh, dry cleaning set call it always, always a hassle. Yeah. you gotta sort that.
2: Yeah. How, how you get your
0: cash? Or well, paper. the faster
2: they just skip to because we've learned this lesson many times. What they need to build is a separate but closely adjacent product to the scheduling uh, pr- uh, thing that they never open source that they sell that provides uh-huh. some value. That's always the lesson here. So it'll take several years, I'm sure, before we will get so it's. To it. It's a regular .dot com org situation. Just go, baby. Gotta just. Just leave that beautiful open source thing that's going great. Now build something strongly adjacent to that community that they're willing to pay for. So now let me, let me I, I remain quiet during all
0: of this because, <laughs> because, uh, because I, I'm always a little sketchy on what scheduling and orchestration is. So let me do my usual uh, potentially embarrassing run-through of my understanding of what this stuff does. And, and, and maybe it's you guys instead of you guys, but y'all can tell me like, if, if I'm right. So scheduling. I have my thirty thousand servers at Twitter, and let's simplify Twitter. Let's say I have I want to read my tweet stream, and I want to post a post, and I also want to search, and uh, I also need a service that, that changes URLs to that little t.co thing. So I've got four things there, right? Four yeah. applications. Uh, the,
1: Chris Chris Bankup said they had uh, over a thousand services.
0: Yeah, sure, and, and I mean, if you go all like if you go all nutty serverless, you're sort of like every method becomes an application or a workload or whatever, and so like you know, it's, it's uh, code points versus story points, who wins? But anyways, uh, like so basically, when it comes to displaying the stream, uh, you need to run a big job that aggregates together everything that's in someone's stream, and probably run that every few seconds. I don't know. And, and then you kind of present that, I bet it's not even done like this at all, but you present that to the end user as like, here's what's in your stream. And so, or, you know, it's more likely when they come in and make a request, it assembles it on demand for them with some sort of caching and then they can see what's in their stream. And so that is an application that is scheduled, mm-hmm. that is at a particular place in time, place to execute on a workload and returns the thing. And then I assume spun down, like not used anymore, like it's only run per request.
1: Right. So that's
0: that's essentially what, what uh, a scheduler in this sense is doing rather than resolving when we can meet is basically saying you want to execute a job uh, with some amount of input and then you want me to hand the output off to another job. And that's what I do. Yep. And then the reason... Uh, the thing, the thing that's difficult for Twitter is, to your point of the Academy Awards, is they're like, we got to do a metric, if not a uh, sort of like, I don't even know what's above metric, but a metric imperial. shit of processing. <laughs> yeah, we need to do an imperial amount of processing <laughs> over this, galactic level of shit, and and so we need a way to very rapidly be able to do this thirty thousand times, like over thirty thousand servers, or you know, two hundred fifty five thousand times. What is it? Two hundred fifty five hundred. Thousand times a second, uh, which which is large uh, throughput or whatever, and so the scheduler has to be written such that it can think through how to place workloads, take input, and return values over that time. Yep. Right, and 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 then where does the does it creep up to? Like, like does it have ways of like you have to use this kind of middleware, or you should use this kind of code in there, or like because you know often often fancy-pants cloud foundry land where I'm like, you got to have microservices <laughs> and in order well, uh, to comport with this. And so does that same line of thinking like apply in, in scheduler container orchestration land or is it is it different?
1: It, it does apply. So, I, 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 you know, we, I, I think we talked about this previously that there is uh, a gradient of how refined the experience is depending on which of these you're using. And you know, I'm going to uh, generalize on my opinions of Cloud Foundry. It's like you guys are providing a very polished um, format. You're saying, you know, hey, you're going to code like this, and here are the things that you will have available to you. And right. if you do that, everything is cloud native, and you will be perfect forever. And, um,
0: and, and to be, as, 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 as you say, to be fair, there is a way of adding your own custom things that you must use. Right. So if, if you, which, which is a large part of what we sell is the ability to customize the, as we call them, backing services or middleware or services or whatever. Yeah. Dynamo's as Heroku calls it.
1: And, and uh, Kubernetes and Docker Swarm are less opinionated about, they they say, you're going to run some services, you're going to deploy them in containers, and here is a pod or you know, that's, you know, here is how you define a bunch of things providing a service. They've got an API endpoint and, you know, you just tell us what goes inside them and, you know, it's going to be containers and, you know, tell me about the guts inside here about how they're going to, and, and we will, we will manage that for you. And we will make sure mm-hmm. that that, that API endpoint is durable and that there are enough instances of the containers running across, and we'll handle everything else under the covers. So, so, so then
0: may, maybe here's a, here's a spectrum, yeah. right? So way over here uh, on the left side, I had to look at, I got that left and right on my hands so I can keep track. Wouldn't that be awesome? Man, that would have saved me so much time in my life. You, you, over here on the left side, uh, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> life hack.
1: Life hack right there. Anyway. This is how I taught my kids left from right. You look at your yeah. fingers, it's, it's an
0: L. And then you put it on your forehead. So uh, anyways, you've got uh, uh, Control-M from BMC, which is a batch job scheduler. Now, a batch job scheduler doesn't necessarily scale to 30,000 nodes, but it basically says, here's a script or a program. Here's an executable. I want you to execute this at a certain time, and then it will have output. And then you might hand that to another job, or this might be a PDF of like Cote's quarterly 401k results. Like Hadoop right? style. So you got you got batch jobs over there, and that and and that's all in uppercase. That's all uppercase land. Control M, and then cool, and then cool, you've got basic technologies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Orbs, and then and then you've got uh, we've got our own little lexicon here. I, we probably can't even keep track of it. So then you've got basically let's call it AWS slash OpenStack, which is like, hey buddy, here's a VM right now i'm I'm grossly simplifying things. There's also like here's how you set up networking and here's how you do this, but it's basically here's the blinking cursor, and then I don't know what's qu- next in the gradient. It sounds like it's basically Kubernetes and swarm, which is like, hey, here's a container, except it's a little reverse. It's like you give me a container, I will run your container, But what happens in the container? I don't give a fuck right like, yeah that's your responsibility
1: well, buddy. or here are you know you tell me here are a bunch of containers that are going to do right, stuff. right, right, right. yeah right. and and
0: and to be fair all of these do orchestration which is i'm running multiple things of these that might need to collaborate with each other right passing off between things and running multiple at the same time i, I, I and,
1: think i think orchestration's a bit generous um, <laughs> sure. you
0: know. how about people also like choreography, or maybe all they do is uh, they put some gaffer tape on the stage and just hope everyone stays in their fucking. Place. There you go. There you go. Okay, so they're gaffer taping up the stage. What do they call that in the theater? I was never a theater nerd. It's uh, blocking kind of. and tackling. No, <laughs> staging and blocking. Uh, someone can tweet us what that's called. we blocking, I think. Anyways, <sighs> so. Basically, give me a container, I will run it for you. Yep. And then you have, let's call it the the Mesos, probably Cloud Foundry way of doing things, which is give me a process, right? Give, give me, I don't, I'm not gonna give you, uh, you're not gonna have a container or a VM, but you're gonna have a process that you wanna run, which is actually very similar to batch job at the beginning, right? In batch job you're not really necessarily being told what environment it's running in you just have an executable which usually implies the kind of environment it runs in right but and on this this fourth end of the spectrum it's basically like give me a process of some kind and I will execute it to you and you better stick around or subscribe to some queue cuz I'm going to throw the output into that and then have a nice day
1: Yeah so so Mesos or DCOS or whatever is really blurry so it runs the whole gamut of those things. So it has the ability to throw... Um, Manager of managers. Yeah. So there, there is a project to run Kubernetes, Kubernetes on top of uh, Mesos. Um, right? Right. So Mesos, when they call themselves a data center, or, you know, DCOS, that's because they're like, well, we'll handle all of the plumbing for you. So if you want to run batch jobs, we can do that. If you want to you know run uh, well defined applications you know here's here's a catalog of things that we've already got, and if you want to run Cassandra or Spark or Hadoop, those are built in yeah you know? right so it it's got and oh by the way, if you want to define your own applications or application groups, we can do that too so it's, it's and and the the we
0: can do it is basically. Placing a workload, ensuring that networking is set up correctly, ensuring that s- storage or data is set up correctly for whatever is needed mm-hmm. uh, and and then there's also just the health checks of like did it work? Yeah. If it didn't work, try it again. How many times should I try it again and and then and then presumably this is where the multi zone stuff comes in is like. I am the Germans and I want to only run this in Germany <laughs> Yes, because <laughs> that's how they talk. And, and, and like, uh, and then also presumably, and this is where, where Brandon's, uh, uh, close source comes in. Like, you know, you might have security stuff like this person cannot run this workload. That would be very bad. And, and so you have all these controls written in there. And so essentially the end goal is that, uh, you've got a big batch job runner that will run stuff for you. Yep. Um, and and then, and then what you are responsible for, maybe this is why orchestration is a bad word, you're responsible for writing the composite or mashup applications on top of it that actually do something. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got that one. Started. So <laughs> where, do we, where do we invest? This sounds wonderful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and given such a wide palette to work with, mm. it, it's not particularly... Um, it, it handles large scale w- really well. Um, but, you know, there right. are. Because they're and, touching so many things, you can find gaps.
0: And, and, then, and then, you know, joking aside, I think the, um, the thing you commercialize here is, is, again, the actual installing and running it, right? To channel Rob Hirschfeld. Oh, you actually wanted to install that on hardware? Come over here, right? Like, he's, he's big into, you know, like doing BIOS upgrades and, you know, yeah, getting yeah. All- Running and all that as as I've been told, backplane things I don't know what that means it's it's whatever's happening outside of the elevator there's some sort of magic that's going on there and that's uh that's that's what you got you got to deal with that yeah
1: so i mean it's it's complicated um, it's messy you know lots of things are migrating to you know that as a as a place to run, so you know if, if as you're bringing your legacy applications into this brave new scheduler container world you know mesos looks appealing because uh it takes you know it's like well we can just do you know we we have a lot of uh um stuff that isn't containers Mm. so
0: manager of managers yeah Um, so okay to 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 do my thing of beating a horse into glue like (laughs) let's 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 take two types of applications that I think everyone's familiar with. Let's take WordPress Boom. and something like the Java Pet Store. Never mind that it's Java, but just an e commerce retail site. Sure. Right? And so WordPress is basically, if I remember, you can reduce it down to an on demand process, yep. right? It's PHP. So in this case, you would take WordPress, and WordPress has this thing called like the loop which is like if you go to a WordPress URL or at least when I looked at this many years ago and it basically, so you go to a URL, let's say the blog entry for the show notes at cote.io slash S D T 65. And, and essentially uh, it, it spins up the PHP things like, Oh, Hey, what's going on. And, and like, uh, you know, then it has to look up, it looks up the URL. Oh, you want the show notes for episode 65. Well, I'm going to make a call to my, MySQL database so it makes a call out, presumably to another service being mm-hmm. managed by Mesosphere or whatever. That thing equally wakes up, or maybe it's always running. It's probably it always says like, yeah, right. So right there, we've got two things: transient things and always running things, which is exciting. And and then and then My, MySQL returns this thing, but we don't really know it's MySQL. Well, never mind. Let's just go with the straight up PHP. And MySQL returns this thing, and then and then uh, the loop renders the HTML, passes that output back. Essentially, to the HTTP request, and then in my browser, you can see show notes pointing to everything Matt Ray's just talked about. Yeah, right. That's kind of it. And then, if you imagine, if you are running WordPress.com or Twitter, which is pretty analogous, just imagine that happening—you know, a quarter of a million times a second. You would need something to manage that. All right. So then the, the e-commerce one thing, well, we don't need, it's the same fucking thing. Like it's just searching for products and buying things.
1: Yeah. Right. So your, so your data, your data database, you know, where, where that stuff persists is pretty stateful and needs to hang around, right. stick around. And so, you know, as these, uh, the, you know, data is always the hard part with containers and, and this whole like, you know, microservices thing. Um, so so,
0: th- so then, in theory, you could if you just had a straight up war file, a Java war file that wasn't too you know weird, right? Yeah. It wasn't doing a lot of system calls for things. Uh, you could just make that a long running job in your in your Mezos thing, and
1: yeah, playing. or or you could define like, hey, I need uh, I need at least five of these and watch the traffic and s- s- you know scale it up if we if these. I five- mean, does it do
0: the the load balancing for that? Yep. And and then and probably being a Java application, you would need something that did uh, like uh, highly available session state management, right? Or or you do some horrendous like client side session state stuff. But I, I mean, I'm thinking of existing applications. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, probably, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, that sounds great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's 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 our brave future is you know writing stuff to run on in, in a scheduler. You know, letting so, that, so then so then is it. that
0: is that is that basically what all this serverless stuff is? It's basically like here's a process I want to run. You should run it. Except this is server full
1: serverless. Like if you want to manage the servers on your own, uh, you could totally back a serverless API with something like Mesos or Kubernetes right. or Sorum. so.
0: So then maybe to answer Brandon's question. Amazon already has this in their their Lambda thing or whatever they call it, right? Like, oh, I'm sure, the, the yeah. End, the end effect is the same, so their answer would be like, "Yep, welcome to the party." So, <laughs> like, so something like Lambda, I
1: mean, it, it's 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 probably it's probably not running in a container. There's probably some well, there's probably some large, you know, JVM or similar thing that is is mm. just you know taking these lambdas as they come and and rolling them and and responding to them. And, you know, they are isolated by way of, you know, the, I, I'm assuming a JVM, which is, but, uh, yeah. you know, they, they it's, it's process isolation.
0: I wonder who runs the world's largest JVM. That would be interesting. Maybe Salesforce? Who knows? <laughs> are they written in Java? I forget. Anyways.
1: No. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, it, it could be containers. Um, it could be containers. It could be something lighter weight, like just process virtualization. Um, which you know containers are kind of like that uh, but it, undoubtedly it's something you know very light uh, not a full blown vm per request and then, isn't and then that they, the they, whole? go ahead I was say, isn't that the whole
2: kind of premise like, I guess, like right now the world has standard like kind of moved from vms to containers as like the unit of compute but lambda is sort of like you know the could be the the future or yet another approach. So like when the, if somebody feels like, oh, containers are too heavyweight, right? And we want to go down one more level, then the whole thing starts over, right? Then it's like, how are you going to schedule that? How are you going to do that? And there's a whole another iteration of this whole infrastructure being built to support this new lighter weight unit of compute.
1: Yeah. But do you need it? I mean, containers, you know, for some instances, those containers are spinning up in you know, 100 microseconds or whatever. Um, you don't have I to. I don't get know that. why. Like, I'm not
2: sure exactly why or what the conditions are for to like birth one of these. But it's but just history shows that like, yeah, people will want to go smaller, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, you get to a point like VMs are fine. VMs are good enough, and then then at some point, people are like VMs are just way too bloated, right? And they are like, you can't look back on it like, yeah, it makes sense. So now containers look like yeah, they look like a pretty like they're small enough, but. I can see at a point where people are like, "This is just too much overhead," and it's okay. Like, we want to drop to this next level, and there'll be some benefits, some implicit benefit if you embrace this new thing. You're going to get a lot more of whatever, either ease of use of using it or scalability.
1: And, yeah, um, and, and 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 the layer you're talking about is is you know process virtualization versus you know something like a JVM that. Has a sandbox concept, and you're just passing it something to, hey, go run this for me, as opposed to, hey, go run this for me on a file system. Right, and that's about the difference. And, and that file system, if it's you know something like Docker, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, using the the copy on write, and so it's really cheap anyway. So right. we're talking about like you know really fast versus really really fast. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what always
2: happens is like I think right now it's hard to think of it, but like you go back, it's like, well, Google and Twitter and like all these apps that you know are basically have this massive scale, kind of forced, you know, if you well, that's sort of like the death of virtualization. People are like, we need faster, we don't need all this, and that problem sort of spawned this. And so I don't know what it is. I don't have I wish I did, but like you could see like another company being like, actually if we do it this way and we're trying to solve this even bigger problem. And then that becomes the popular paradigm, right? You know yeah. that could sit out there. But yeah, you're right. Sitting here right now, it's like, yeah, it does. That does seems like a waste of time. But yeah, I, I think just shows I, something. Something will reduce again. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: I mean, my my theory would be to uh, modify an old uh, fun phrase: is that uh, not only is necessity the uh, father, I don't know, but cause of invention, of invention yes. but also low cost, right? So like. I'm sure if Twitter had gone to VMware and they were like, "Hey, how's it going? We have 500 million dollars." And, and they, they, they asked to have like you know, virtualization evolved and worked on it. Something could have been done, but it's like, "Well, how about we don't do that?" And we hire you know our own people or did this come out some Amplab lab in Berkeley or whatever, but basically, I, I assume that the amount of money that's gone into producing all this stuff we're talking about is cheaper than if you were to go to the incumbent vendor and and find their product manager and ask them to do it. And and probably also faster uh, just because because you don't have the usual uh, shackles of success to deal with. And,
1: and, and Mezzo started with, uh, with uh, like process virtualization on Linux, you know, so, so saying, you know, it's not, not quite LXC, but saying, Hey, go run this in a, in a, C group, you know, with namespaces, and that's the Mesos container format, and it's it's not very secure. Um, I mean, I I was able to wipe out whole clusters (laughs) because I didn't realize my things were being run as root. Uh, They're fixing the next. That explains why Twitter wasn't working very well (laughs) yesterday. Well, you know, it depends if you trust your users or not. Um, No, the answer uh, to that question is no. As always, no. Which maybe that's why people are using the Docker container format. Uh, but you know, Docker came in and like, hey, we we standardized how people do this, and so that got you know bolted onto DCOS and uh, our Mesos, and, and so you know they're continuing to evolve. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of it came out of uh, academia. Scheduling, how does it
0: work? Yeah, yeah, good overview. Well. Before we get to our, uh, our recommendation, speaking of meetings oh, wait, 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 has whole... a hard stop, uh, uh, as they say, I don't know how that's, that shows up in a serverless model, uh, but <laughs> essentially, uh, hard stop. So why don't we do our, our late stage mid roll? Do you want to, you want to throw out your advertisement first, Matt Ray? How many days is it until an amazing chef event?
1: Oh my goodness! Well, we got two amazing chef events. Uh-huh. Uh, the fourteenth, June fourteenth. bignews.chef.io. We've got four a, days. Wow, four days. Uh, we've got a webinar, eight uh, thirty a.m. Pacific time, um, and uh, be, you know, a bunch of bunch of news. Can't talk about it, but uh, it'll be. Can exciting. you give us
2: like a general? Like, do I really need to be there? Is this gonna be good or is this just gonna be like weak? Brandon, Uh, I I need to know like just like one word description of this because I went the other day thinking the announcement was this week and I saw the countdown clock, which now has days so like good modification like that. Um, So it's like, well, but is it important? Is this going to be some bullshit DevOps engineer thing that I'm not going to care about? Unfortunately,
1: Brandon, I'm going to tell you, you don't need to attend the webinar. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> this is I'm out. Uh, this is not Chef uh, unveiling our version of the Apple Watch.
2: <laughs> okay. This is gonna be this is this gonna be just some more fucking recipes or something. And, I mean, and at the, the very least it that. sounds like just, the way this has been built up, this is just, just like we got more recipes or something. I'm just I'm I'm immediately going to just it's and end it also, an announcement. It sounds would, like it doesn't involve Active Directory, so Brandon's in the clear.
1: Yeah, Brandon, you're in the clear. I I will right. tell you it involves DevOps. <laughs>
2: All right, always like that. Uh, there was I was at a conference this week uh, and uh, there was a session on secure DevOps, and somebody immediately said, uh, first got up, it's like, secure DevOps, like we can't even do DevOps right. And I thought that was perfect. Was yeah. Like, yep. That's pretty much where we're at.
0: Yeah. So, so you know, what, what, you're speaking at a, a local Austin event too, Matt right? Did you yeah. mention that?
1: Yeah. So. Uh, June 21st, I'm speaking at the Austin uh, Cloud User Group on the topic of Um, So, you know, there you go, Brandon, cloud. It also has to do with cloud. Um, it has to do with cloud and DevOps. I mean, geez, this is,
2: could not be more <laughs> Nobody exciting. saw that coming. Gosh, I mean, just out of chef.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we have a, like a marketing sales event uh, June 16th in Austin. Um, if you are... You know, unaware of Chef and want to hear us talk about it at, you know, high level and then uh, some hands-on lab time. Um, it's, you know, it, it's not exactly a meetup. It's, uh, uh, but uh, it's hopefully sales it's, up. A, it's a sales up. Yeah, it's a sales up. We have some speakers. Get down there, lead gen yourself as coach. Yeah, yeah. Get down there, lead
2: gen yourself, you know.
1: Well, what do they call the yeah, it's uh, our version of the Cloud Foundry days, right? You know, you, you yeah, some, yeah. some sales pitch in the morning, some hands on in the afternoon. We give you lunch, uh, happy hour. What more could you want?
2: Is it we'll legit hands on? Like you're going to provide everyone a computer and they can do it? Or is there just going to be some guy in the front with his Mac doing everything and you can watch? You'd be like, oh, it's really easy. Do this and this and this. And like 10 minutes later, you cannot remember one thing he showed you.
1: Which we, is it? We, we provide cloud instances uh, and, and logins and all right so it's legit you You can get in there over your shoulder tutorial and and that kind of stuff so you know and is it is it i'm I'm gonna go down the url it's gonna be awesome it it is at whole foods
0: that's Uh, exciting that's a nice location
1: it is um and so yeah we're doing that and then uh, i'm trying to get a meetup scheduled for the night of the 16th to talk about bignews.shift.io and i'll probably uh I'll probably be speaking again on it at, at the end of the month um, mm-hmm. at another Austin. It's a busy month for you, Matt, Ray.
2: I got a hey, so, hey, nighttime of-
1: event. Will that, will that be like, will there be a, like, a,
2: for example, like, at a bar? Will Chef be oh, picking up a cab? Like, um, will that be a little bit more fun? Maybe that's the one I need to go to.
1: It will be downtown uh, at a local software vendor with, who has really nice offices. Uh, we're still... Finalizing. You need to
2: talk to the. You need to talk to your events people. I, that right away we need to move this. We need to immediately move this to a bar. I, I cannot believe we're going to a software vendor at night. Come on.
1: There will be beer. Mm.
0: <laughs> well, as as Matt Ray mentioned, we, we also I, I forget when the Austin one is. I think it's next month sometime. But we have similar sales up all over the country. I'll put a link to it if you want to uh, sales up yourself for Cloud Foundry. And also, we still have a discount code for DevOps Days Minneapolis. You can get $50 off if you use the code SDT2016, which is very exciting. And I, and I forget if I had this last time, but I, I mentioned at the Pivotal, we have a, our Spring One platform conference coming up August 1st to 4th. And now I have a discount code, which you probably want to look at the show notes for it, but it's pivotal hyphen hyphen 300 And I'll let you figure out how much money you get off your registration with that. All of it. It's a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Uh. And, and, and then just, you know, uh, I, we've gotten a lot of uh, exciting, like, uh, comments to us on Twitter over the past week. That's nice. That's always enjoyable, and uh, that's, that's the best sort of feedback to get. But it'd also be great if you went into uh, iTunes and left us a review and, uh, or a star thing. And, and I understand that it has some effect on, uh, on stuff, but really it's just because I like to go in there and read what people say about us. Well, so, And, 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 what and what it
1: is. doesn't have to be iTunes. If there's somewhere else you get the – we're listed, and they take reviews, review us there too. Oh, yeah, yeah. For that there's one other guy place, who's right? mad about iTunes. Oh, Google yeah. Google Play, yeah. man. Google
0: Play. Yeah. yeah, And uh, so, yeah, as always, you can go to Kote.io slash promos for all my uh, crazy discounts and specials and stuff. I just list them all there. So with that, what's your recommendation this week, Matt?
1: Uh, (laughs) Read the show notes because we went off on a tangent and didn't talk about any things in the show notes. Um, Yeah, the uh, uh, I'm reading a book right now uh, by a sci-fi author named Greg Egan. Um it was uh recommended by probably Cory Doctorow. Um but it's called uh, Diaspora. Um it is hard science fiction which means you know they try to put some science in there and mm. uh it's it's uh, uh it takes place from the year 2300 to well I'm only about 70% through to about 4800 and uh, it's pretty crazy um it's about uh kind of post uh post-human earth and uh colonizing you know diaspora colonizing the whole uh, universe it's it's pretty 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 great wow amazing yeah, yeah. how about yourself
0: brandon
2: all right well i've several things i wanted to quickly comment on one uh i've been uh remiss uh, i asked a question a while back and one of our listeners in this case josh hoover or joshua hoover uh confirmed that amazon does indeed let you have a den um you know have like a long addendum to your six-page memo so uh he uh told me that on twitter so thank you josh uh, for uh letting us know that also i was at a uh the security show this week and someone a listener came up and said he enjoyed the podcast that's the first time that's happened at a small security show so we've made you know we're branching out as i like to think oh yeah in my um, big in the security space big in the security space that's right um two things i was going to recommend this week just two episodes of a pod of podcast that i thought were kind of relevant around this week one is uh the uh relay fm episode 31 um, but that's all about the new Apple App Store announcements. So it's like Marco Arnett and another app developer whose name I can't remember. But they're real good because like, they build all these apps. So if you want to know like something happens when, and like what like, doesn't mean anything is it important, I like to use those guys as like a, a barometer. So they do like 30 minutes about what they think about the ability to do different types of subscriptions and apps and how it's going to change the app ecosystem. Very insightful if you're into the Apple developer world. And then finally, um, I was going to also recommend uh, the interview by uh, Ezra Klein of Ben Thompson, who uh, you've heard us talk a lot about that. He's the guy that runs uh, Stratechery and his Exponent podcast. And Ezra Klein has a really good podcast. So it's cool to hear two smart people interview themselves about technology media um you know just all it's a wide-ranging interview so you've got time to kill um, definitely check those two podcast episodes out mm. well you know on the six-page memo thing i've been running an experiment
0: of doing a six-page memo so far results are uh you know it's been meeting the objectives i've had but it, it has turned into a seven-page memo with four pages of appendix and, and it also raises, a, I guess they print them out. So I think I would know the answer to this, but there is a question of like, do, uh, do comments that people add in your Google doc, how does that play into everything? Cause that's, that's a whole other document right there. So we'll, uh, I'll see how that goes. So I, I have, I have a follow up recommendation and then, uh, just a, a little silly recommendation. So remember last time I had a provisional recommendation from a machete that I got and uh, I got it and, it and it works. It's, it's a, it's a good handy machete. Now, what you got to watch out for is getting poison ivy. That's that's not cool. So I got a little bit of poison ivy. I do not recommend that. <laughs> uh, that's that's not fun. So if you're going to get a machete, you should probably get uh, some gloves and a long sleeve shirt to go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then also, you know, I'm, I I don't know how old it is, but I always enjoy the tweets that Wu Tang Finance puts out. There was a, you know, they're always giving pretty pretty good advice, usually in all caps. And uh, they have a funny t-shirt as well that, that you can look up. But if, you, if you're not paying attention to that, that's, that's something good if you're in the general age bracket that everyone here is that you'll probably enjoy. I'm not looking for like the Garth Brooks finance channel or something. But uh, yeah, that's what I got this week. So as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. You can find us at softwaredefinedtalk.com or find the show notes if you weren't listening closely earlier at cote.io slash sdt65. And with that, we'll see everyone next time.